This episode is sponsored by Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's Pizza is partnering with me to present a limited concert series between January 24th and March 31st. In order to view this concert, you will need to order a pizza from Papa John's in Washington, D.C., Maryland, or Northern Virginia. Use the promo code opera email proof of purchase to 728productions at gmail.com and you will receive a private link and invitation to view the concert each month now remember you have to order a pizza for every concert you want to view each month so thanks so much for supporting us i hope you use the promo code opera if you are in washington dc maryland or virginia to purchase a pizza 25 percent of all sales will go to a deserving performing artist or arts organization in the DMV area. On with our show. Welcome to our podcast, Harbor for the Arts, where the performing and creative arts meets lifestyle. The mission of this podcast is to enhance, inspire, educate, and entertain all listeners about the performing and creative arts while still being a space where performing and creative artists can grow their craft. I hope the conversations that I have with today's trailblazers in the performing and creative arts space inspire you to do more with the platform that you have. Today's episode is a um, series called Art of the Side Hustle. I thought it was important that we start talking to performing artists who have started wonderful businesses and successful businesses for themselves. I wanted to bring on a very special guest today. We have been friends since college days, and I'm so proud of her. My guest today is Lori Corda. She is a registered yoga teacher through the Yoga Alliance, also has a wonderful career in music. She graduated from East Carolina University, our alma mater. She moved to New York to pursue a career in music. After a period of time, she met her now husband. They moved to the foothills of North Carolina. Lori, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being here. I want to talk about your path in music. Like when you finished school, you decided to mm -hmm. move to New York. Mm -hmm. What was that like as a performing artist? What was that like as a performing artist? When I graduated, I had a little time period before I moved to New York. But New York was always my desire. I always wanted to go there, but I had no idea how that was ever going to happen because I, I didn't know anybody in New York. When I met Vinny, my husband, I actually met him in Maryland while I was taking care of my mom who was ill. And that happened just about a year after we graduated. So I came home and I took care of her and I just needed a, a break for a day. So my sister and I drove to the beach. I figured, but let me go hear some music. I sat in this little bar club with a singer and a guitar type of thing. And then I ended up meeting Vinny. It was such a coincidental serendipity type of thing. It was just amazing. And then I was able then to venture into auditioning and getting a job that allowed for freedom in order to audition. I would be warming up my voice at like 5.30 in the morning in an apartment. Mm -hmm. Sorry, neighbors. And then going to get to this place to sign up on this sheet at least two hours before. Yeah. And the amount of women compared to men at these auditions were insane it's, like you'd have five roles and 
one for a woman and the four for men or mm -hmm. two for women, three for men. But there was like 600 women at the audition and there are about, you know, 50 men. Right. Almost everybody's really good. What were some of your favorite jobs that you did get as a performing artist? What was that experience like before you decided to move to North Carolina? It was just wonderful. And I have always had a, a passion for so many different types of music that, first of all, just walking through the streets of Greenwich Village. And I, I used to write my own music and I played the guitar as well. So I explored the kind of the folk scene also. Just living as an artist in New York was very hard, but you were surrounded by so many people that did it also. So it was inspiring and you were just inspired by all the people. You could just sit there and material would come if you're a writer. If you were doing a certain character in a, in a show, you just had to watch and you could see somebody and you could study them. Just inspired constantly, mm -hmm. constantly. You and Benny have all dated for a very long time, your husband. And I thought he was just always the nicest guy to me, like <laughs> always. Vinny would always be like, oh, see if Bridget wants to go out to dinner with us. Oh, see if, yeah. he was just always the a down nice guy. So how did you yeah. make that work? And then at what point did you guys decide what we should move? And when did that opportunity open up? By that time, we moved outside of the city, but I was still coming into the city. Mm -hmm. But it was making it more challenging to get up really early and come out for the audition. I was starting to, I mean, I did a lot of things like temp jobs and I worked on the spirit cruises in New York and cocktail mm -hmm. waitress in order to make the auditioning schedule possible. And then even, I ran one of my good, good best friends in New York. She had a friend who was working at the Peninsula Spa. And so somehow we hooked up with this person and segued our, our way into that. And that ended up, they had a, it was a beautiful hotel with all the amenities and they had a gym within there. So slowly worked in our way there with helping out and then went and go ahead and got recertified to teach exercise classes. Vinny really introduced me to yoga. He used to do it in, in his home and he first introduced me to it. So I did a little bit there. And then they had yoga classes at the spa where if you worked there, you were able to take classes too. I just loved it. So I started working in the fitness field through the Peninsula Spa and then a couple of different Ys, the 92nd Street Y in New York and another one. And then I started working in people's homes. This is about the time when September 11th happened also. So I lost all, all my work. I had to start over again for that too. What was that experience like? Being in New York? Yeah, during that time. It was so yeah. awful. It was... I still get chills when I think about it. I was, in a way, it sounds weird maybe, but I was so glad that I was there and was not affected physically from it because the bonding that people did was unbelievable. The city that never stops, it stopped. Mm -hmm. And people, for the first time, they slowed down. Mm -hmm. For the first time, you were getting eye contact with people. And it's not like this idea that people think people that live in New York are rude. Once I lived there, I figured it out. It's just people are busy and everything is due the day busy. before. And you're in tunnel vision. Everything is. You're just in the zone. You're yeah. gone because everybody is, is the top of their craft. And there's yeah. a lot of people all in whatever craft it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you just, you have everything there. You want what a particular you... button? You can go <laughs> find that one button you're looking for. I mean, it's crazy, but awesome. At what point did you decide you, you would like a different change of pace? And how did you decide on North Carolina? I have an aunt that lives in North Carolina, but not here at all, uh, more in the Raleigh area. What happened was just, 
I guess we were getting together less with our friends. All our friends were starting to have families. And so that takes up a lot of time. And we had, we were searching for houses. We were tired. I was tired of having to get quarters to do the laundry. I thought that was going to be over when college, you know, when you graduate from college, you moved to New York, those quarters in your backpack. I don't care how old you are. But we started looking for houses and they were just astronomical. And we were looking at these houses. Oh, what? $800,000. Okay. There's no land. The whole thing needs to be ready innovated. I mean, mm-hmm. horrible. And we kept looking like, we can't, we can't do this. This is crazy. My voice teacher, Sonia Carlson, mm-hmm. that you know that I've been studying voice with since off and on since I was in New York at like 25. She bought a place down here in North Carolina. We came to visit her and she's in Tryon, which is I think eight minutes door to door. So we came to visit her and we were like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And it kind of reminded me of Ashton, Maryland, mm-hmm. where I had part of part of my uh, growing up and just very rural and lots of trees and green and horseback riding country. I remember when we got off the exit to come to this town to visit her, all of a sudden the air was full of sweet scents. So I think it was like magnolia trees and honeysuckle. I don't know. <laughs> Vinny and I had started to like wherever we went to visit one time we were out in Arizona, wherever we went to visit, we would like get a realtor and just look at homes and imagine if we lived here and look, what can we do with this? How can we have a music studio? How can we have a yoga studio? I was independently working, going to people's homes, but I didn't have my own studio. So when we came to visit, we looked at a couple places and we're like, wow, yeah, we could actually buy a house here yeah. and have some land and, and things like that. We're like, gosh, could we do it? And then we just did. And then we had a three to five year plan. Okay, we're going to live in New York but for three to five years. and But then we'll get a renter because paying the mortgage and paying the rent and forget yeah. about it. So we had a renter, but it's not so great having renters. Mm-hmm. So our three to five years, I, I maybe it turned into two. We didn't want to So so Vinny was like, I think we should just do it. And he was working for a couple of museums up in Mm -hmm. New York. And at least one of them, he'd be able to work from home if we moved down here. I'd have to start all over again. So I was like, okay, what is the industry down here? Horseback riding is the main thing. Horseback riding and yoga would work very well together. Mm -hmm. We connected with one of our neighbors that lives right next door to us. I told her what I wanted to do. And she said, oh, you know what? I know this woman who's a fantastic trainer and she gives workshops, horseback riding workshops, equestrian. Sometimes she hires people to do like a little segment within her workshop for that weekend. So I connected with her. She hired me to come to teach a yoga class for the riders. So I researched what do they need in particular. I got my core four or five people to start my very first class. And that happened, I think I think we moved down here in July. The workshop happened maybe four days after we oh, moved wow. down here. It was Sophia. I was pregnant with Sophia. And I auditioned for a show. I'm going to do it all. Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> and it was a big leap of faith because... We had a mortgage, a a one and a half year old, almost a baby on the way. And we were leaving all our work and starting over again. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we were. At what point did you decide, like, as far as your setting up your business and balancing your performing arts career and your business and talk about your business, first of all. Okay. So, so yoga at the tree house is what it was christened because we're surrounded by trees, just surrounded just beautiful. And like I said, I got my core four or five students from um, that, from that equestrian workshop. 
And I had enough space. We had a home studio, so in our downstairs. And when we were looking for our house, that was that was the requirement. How can we have two businesses in this home? Mm-hmm. So Vinny has a recording studio, Red Door Recording Studio. So those were our requirements. We had to have a place so we could have a recording studio and a place so we could have the yoga studio. Even when you're inside the studio, you can still see out the windows of all the trees. So I started where I only had space for four people. And I had those four people a couple of days a week. And really, it was a word of mouth. And that's how I started to get students. I didn't really do any advertising. It was really just word of mouth. We didn't, I'm not a tech person at all. I had no idea even how to go about that at the time. And then we busted our basement up a little bit and made enough room that we could. I've seen some of your classes on. I mean, it is beautiful. Your, oh, your outside? Stu- yeah. Yeah. So did you so guys that, just do the rehab for outside, having an outside studio space or how did you work that? Cause it's just, and when you yeah. do your promo video, I'm like, oh my yeah. God, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did not want to lose connection with my, my students and my friends. Yeah. It had, I'll tell you when it's like, we knew that we were going to have like the lockdown type of thing. Whenever that was in March, I guess I couldn't sleep. I like, talk about I very little sleeping. I was up, I was anxious, but I was also consumed with creative ideas. I didn't go to school for business. My dad's his own businessman and he's always done very well and very honest, good mm-hmm. business person. And he must have passed on some of that to me because I just, I don't know. I just moved from the heart, from the gut to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And it just worked. Thank goodness. But I was like, how, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose all my work. And that was the first thing was panic. This isn't fun to do, but this also supports our family as well. I think that's really important to talk about because a lot of people think, especially performing artists. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this little mini series within a podcast is because at one point, I don't know if you remember this, but it was almost frowned upon to have a, to say you work another job while you're a performing artist. And that is one thing I just always, because I'm kind of like, if a hundred people show up at an audition and they're Mm -hmm. only casting two roles, how are you supposed to support yourself? So you almost always have to have something else going on. But what I really wanted to do is talk about exactly what you're talking about now, the realistic part of it's important to have another business outside of maybe the performing artists, arts Mm -hmm. industry, or maybe you can find a business that literally uh, incorporates everything that you're doing as a performing artist and Mm -hmm. as a business. Mm -hmm. If you can't find work singing or dancing or whatever it is, but I really wanted to just kind of get rid of that stigma. It's great that you're talking about the realistic part of it and how you experienced that fear or apprehension, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. And especially during the start of the pandemic. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. You're saying you're experiencing fear. How am I going to keep this business working? What did you end up doing? The fear was definitely mixed with adrenaline where you have the fear, but also the focus of you got to do it not let the fear slow you down, let the fear charge you up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to find a way that I can stay connect with my students. I got to find a way to keep the classes going. And part of it definitely was because with all of our businesses, we're doing all these different types of things, but they're all freelancing. They were all important to keep food on the table and to pay the mortgage and all that. But in addition to that, I didn't want to lose all these people that I had connected with and yoga is I just felt it's just we don't want to not do that especially during this time so we need to keep our health 
in check and we need to stay physically active mm-hmm. and mentally strong. And so this was just an important thing as well. So it was important for me to have a certain schedule that I could stay grounded to help everybody else also in the family to feel like there's some sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. that I wanted to stay connected with my people. And so for them to have that as well. So it was a whole combination of things there. And then somehow like, okay, we got to find a way to record the classes. How do you do stuff like that? So I, Vinny picked it up because he, he knows it's just where he gravitates. He mm-hmm. loves this stuff. Yeah. It's easy for him. I'm like, I can do this other stuff. Unfortunately, I had to learn how to do this stuff too, but it's good mm-hmm. for me. It's yeah. one of those things that are hard, but it's good. So, so he got me hooked up on zoom. He found out how to create all the webinars. I got in touch with all my students. I brought all the class prices down mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be in person with them. So I had to find something that I felt was fair for them and that we keep them going. I would say I lost at least half of my students because mm-hmm. a lot of, we're in a very rural area. So a lot of people don't really have great internet connection or they just weren't interested in doing it that way. And then, like I said, I brought, I brought the prices down to be fair for them. So it was a big hit but I didn't lose my business and I was able to stay connected. And then through that, the, the plus things with that, with us and, and people gave me really great feedback too. And really were thankful that I was able to find a way to keep us all still connected and keep this in their life. So that was very fulfilling. But the, the thing that was cool is that some students that I had that had moved away, I was able to get in touch with them and, they were able to then, they said, you know what, I miss the yoga, I miss doing yours. And so I have a student in France. So she and her husband, they do it on demand. I have a student in Oregon. I have a, a couple students in Maryland now at a couple. So, that, so that's really cool. The death happened because after six months, I was like, this is not going to ease up. And this has been a long time to not connect with people physically. And people have been asking and asking, are you going to have indoor classes? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have enough space to space people out and, right. and take that chance. I can't take that chance. So that's when we're like, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can extend this deck. So how did you figure out that, wow, being a performing artist, the, everything that I'm teaching in yoga has yeah. everything to do with being a performer, no yeah. matter what type of performer, it has everything to do with being able to coexist in times like today, which even if you're in a pandemic, I think what makes it different is that everybody's kind of collectively going through it when usually yeah. we are going through our own things by ourselves in different ways. When did you discover, wow, this is really important for performing artists in general? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you take it in the aspect of either auditioning or being in a performance, you want to be in that zone. And when you're in the zone, let's say you're you're portraying a particular character, you don't want to be yourself portraying a particular character. You want to be that character. You want to step inside the skin. And the only way you can really do that is if you're completely in the present moment. Everything's resonating in the moment. You can't be thinking about what other people are going to think about you. You can't be thinking, I messed up here or there. You have to just be. And so yoga, since it connects so much with that, that's what yoga is. Yoga is linking together or yoking, joining together the body, mind, and spirit. And you can be practicing yoga all the time. It's just being in the present moment. You're focusing on something so intently that time slows down or all of a sudden you're like, whoa, how did three hours go away? That's yoga. And you feel so energized after you take it. It's so mindful and it slows you down. 
you actually end up feeling a lot more energized. Why is that? I don't, I've never figured that out. Why, why that is, it's like people get hooked on that feeling after they take yoga. Yeah. You're just completely there. You're completely there and, and you're working really hard in my classes. You are anyway, you're doing all this such detailed work on the alignment of the body in order to make space inside for the breath and energy to go. And it's just so much concentration. You could be standing still to the outsider and you're sweating, (laughs) you are sweating. But all during this time, you're keeping this steady type of breathing, this type of yoga breathing the whole time. And no matter how hard you're working, no matter how challenging it is, the breath is staying the same. It's staying on the steady, steady base. And somehow with that, with pushing yourself physically and keeping this, this, this flow of the breath, it does that. It just restores or regenerates a whole body and you feel like you've gone on vacation because you've only done just that and you've let everything else just go away for a moment. And it does, it totally restores you. You got the, the endorphins are going with all the breathing. And a lot of times, I mean, you as a singer, you, you know how to get a full breath. But, you know, most people are not singers that are in my class. And to to get this much extra breath, it's a new thing. I mean, most people are walking around oxygen Mm -hmm. deprived. Mm -hmm. And it really does a number to the brain and the mood and everything when you get a lot of breath. It's unbelievable. What would the 18-year-old Lori say to the now Lori about just about performing and perseverance and creating a business with, with what you love to do. I think she would be happy, which is good because I was always, nothing was ever enough and always unsettled, I'd say, and always searching, searching, searching. And maybe it's, that's a plus with getting older. Maybe it's one of the things we could chalk okay, in that category, if you're more grounded, I think I should be happy because I've been able to meld together all the things I love to do. I'm still singing and performing, which is always, has been my first love. And all the skills and discipline that I have gathered through the years doing that works with connecting with people and teaching them the yoga and also making them feel comfortable and making them laugh, making them feel at ease and that every everybody can do this. And it's not a competition. Music was always a competition. <laughs> Once you got it, then you could just your work your craft. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to use all those skills for that, all the detailed, rigorous technique of voice, which I still study. Yeah. And, I, and my voice is better now than it was when I was 18. But through the years of really studying and trying to master every little nuance. But yeah, I think she would be happy. I think she would be happy with and Shout out to Mr. Moore, who yeah. continues to show up. I mean, yeah. our audience doesn't realize Lori and I really do go way back yeah. to the point where Mr. Moore would show up at the dorm room door. You guys want to go? We're gone. We're in the car <laughs> waiting. No noodles anymore. Can, couldn't you get like 10 of them for a buck? Wasn't it something? Yeah. Like yeah. But Mr. Moore saved the day several times. Up this time or without? Yeah. Eating with chopsticks or a spoon? Yep. And I told you about, well, you know about this because your dad probably told you but a few years ago I was doing a concert at one of the museums here and who was in the audience but your dad I was so like it was so great it was incredible tell us any new projects that you have coming up any new events also this is a great time to talk about Vinny's business yeah and what he does if he'd like to be on the show I'd love to have him because I think record the recording industry is really important too yeah but yeah tell us about 
your next projects you have coming up, any events you have coming up, and how people can get in touch with you. The project that we were working on, which I was asked to do by a director down here, Catherine Gillette, is A Light in the Piazza, which I'm very excited about. I saw that at the Lincoln Center a while ago. And so she asked if I would be uh, interested in performing the role of Margaret which is just amazing. And she's funny, character's funny. She's got some great singing in there. And she's probably like in her forties with a daughter who's in her early twenties and she's from North Carolina. <laughs> so I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. We just got together with the music and performed the opening song and as, as a promo type of thing to, to announce that we were going to do this in November, which obviously that didn't happen. So they're hoping it's going to be one of the sh first shows of the season, maybe in May or June. So everything's kind of on hold. So if we did it, it would be outside. I think the audience would have to wear masks and with the spacing. But the question is how you could do the show with the other performers. Like how close can you get to the other performers? Can you stage it that you're not real close? How no, well, can people find out more about your yoga class? Yeah. How can they reach out to you? I know when I wanted to purchase the on-demand series, yeah. one of your classes, I reached out to your email address. Yeah. And also if you're on Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Yeah, I am in, on Instagram now. This is my new venture into the tech world. So I am on that. I have my website, Yoga at the Treehouse. I have a Facebook page for Yoga at the Treehouse and also just for me personally, Lori Corda. And uh, yeah, all, all, the, all the class information, if you go onto the website, is right there on the, on the homepage. All the classes, you can sign up your, yourself to live stream. And then if you want to do it on demand, which works really well, so you just send me an email when it's all recorded, I send it out to you. It's just an easy, you go to PayPal, only $10, and you have access to that class for up to five days. So you can make it work for your schedule. That's really great. And yeah. I'm really excited about starting it. It was nice to hear that you work with all levels. Yeah, um, yeah. And I have all levels within each class too. I mean, I have some people that are in the level one class that have been doing it forever, but there are you know, certain reasons why they just like that pace or if they have a knee problem with being on their knees a lot, then I, I mix it up that way that you're not going up and down from the floor. So it really works for many different people. Thank you again for being on this episode of Harbor for the Arts. I'm really excited that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to join me. And I'm so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished with not only your business, but your performing arts career with your family and that, that choice that you made to just move somewhere where it's more accommodating for, for your goals and your family's goals. And I, I really appreciate you being on today's show. So we want to thank Lori again for being such a great guest on our show. So thank you again and have a great week, everybody.